The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome in. This morning we're going to have a fun adventure on the radio We're going to visit Oakland's Mansion, and if you are new to town and have never been to Oakland's Mansion, you're in for a treat. And sort of guiding that tour for us this morning, the Executive Director of Oakland's Mansion, James Manning. Hey, James, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us today. Great to be here again, thanks. Do you think spring is really here now? Uh, It feels like it, and I'm (laughs) ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready, too. And that brings uh, so many adventures at Oakland's Mansion. Uh, People who maybe have lived here for a short period of time haven't been there and they don't realize all of the great walking paths, the springs, the history in the mansion. Uh, Sort of give us a, a feel for what we might see if we came over to Oakland's today. Or tomorrow, rather, because they're closed today, right? <laughs> well, the grounds, Oakland's Park, fortunately, are open okay. 24-7, seven days a week. Um, I just picked up the new issue of the Rec Connect out there on your coffee table mm-hmm. in the waiting room, and I flipped it open, and Oakland's Park is the centerfold. So if you find that around town, uh, this is a really great resource that the city of Murfreesboro provides um, for visitors to the park because this is downtown Murfreesboro's largest public green space. And there are so many people that are moving here from all over the country and they're trying to get familiarized with the area. And they find it on Google often and they'll walk in the door and they say, what is this place? And I'm always intrigued by people who find the site and walk in the door and still aren't familiar with it yet. And that's our job. And we love uh, getting folks familiar with the site. And um, But it's down, it's Murfreesboro's residents that really sustain the site through attending events and through paying membership dues and all of the different activities that we have. So uh, we're thrilled to see both the residents and the visitors coming through the door. Oakland's is a beautiful facility, grounds, mansion, the whole bit. And it seems like more and more people are discovering it because just all of a sudden, every time I see a new event coming to town, (laughs) it's going to be at Oakland's. (laughs) Uh, Everybody's wanting to be at Oakland's all of a sudden. Well, it's a nice, great big place to uh, spread out in downtown and do lots of different types of events. And so you will find this year um, that we have many local Murfreesboro and Rutherford County organizations also hosting events. And we've just uh, updated those on our website. Sites. You can go to oaklandsmansion.org, and at the very top, uh, there are buttons. One is news and events, and you can drop down into there and find out uh, what all is coming up this year. One group that we promote on a regular basis and have people from that organization is the Rutherford County Historical Society, mm-hmm. and they are having their meetings now uh, in Manny Hall. Yes, they are very popular meetings, and they tend to draw a pretty good-sized crowd and we found Manny Hall was a nice size for them. Uh, their last event there was their show and tell, uh, catered by Joey's Pizza, and we had some delicious lasagna, and uh, people brought out lots of fun artifacts, and it's always a good time, and it's free and open to the public. Um, and Rutherford County Archaeological Society also hosts the majority of their events there. They're also free and open to the public, and there are lots of guest speakers and lots of fun things to learn about Murfreesboro. Now, speaking of the Archaeological Society, 
They have helped you in your work on Section M over at Evergreen Cemetery. Some of the folks who are involved with the mm-hmm. Archaeological yes. Society. How is that work? I know during the dead of winter it probably wasn't doing too much, but uh, how is the progress on that? The memorial has been completed, and the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County and Oakland's Mansion are in the process of selecting a spring date to have a unveiling and a, a memorial service in the cemetery. And so, be watching for that. We'll do quite a bit of publicity, um, and we'll make sure that everybody has uh, a chance to attend. Um, and then um, the Rutherford County uh, Archaeological Society is finishing up the uh, root cellar work with us, and. Um, Lots of lots of exciting things going on. We have a, a text here from a listener who's asking about the study that you're making on the African-American uh, slaves who were a part of Oakland's and very much a part of the history of this community. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, been at a meeting where they talked about DNA studies. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering if you're going to be able to do any DNA studies on anything that is in the area because it would be interesting they say to sort of tie some of these people with other folks who are here in the community and that could uh, could bring it up to to date uh, certainly i've had a number of people ask that question and i think that that was is something that will come um, from the family from the descendants of the free and the enslaved both um, as we get further into the project, and um, we would welcome learning more in any way that we can. Um, the GPR results that we'll get from the Geosciences Department at MTSU will tell us the um, likely number of individuals that are buried there, but they won't tell us, of course, who they are. So um, there'll be many different tools uh, that we can use to, to gain more information and, and share that with the public. A lot of people are not familiar what a GPR study is. Uh-huh. Uh, tell us what it is and how it works. I mean, I, we're really fortunate to have we're very something fortunate. Like yes, MTSU um, has a piece of equipment, a GPR ground penetrating radar. It looks a lot like a push mower, like an electric push mower, but obviously um, very sophisticated piece of equipment um, and. The area is very fortunate to have it. MTSU Geosciences has finished the um, scanning of the ground. What we're waiting on is the interpretation of the data that's in that machine. Um, And when we get those results from MTSU, uh, we'll be able to share those with everyone. And that will uh, benefit uh, the county in the fact that there are uh, remains in storage that need to be buried there in Section M. Section M is not just the African-American section. It's also the pauper section. uh, And no more burials are being conducted there until the results of the GPR um, enlighten us with what uh, area is still available for burials. Now, you said there are some cremains that are still to be buried. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are these current-day people or any of them possibly from... No, uh, as I understand, they are uh, current current, uh, current remains of people whose remains were not uh, claimed by family members and died in Rutherford County. Okay, because I was wondering about the DNA on those, but uh, if they're current people, uh, that that wouldn't be a... You know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's relevant to the study. Are there any uh, old combs or brushes or things that might have some of the hair in them from the earlier uh, dwellers here in this area? Not to my knowledge, okay. no. Um, and Oakland's has some really 
uh, rare artifacts that do have things like hair art. That's one uh, that a lot of folks haven't heard about, and they're fascinated to learn of, of such what? a thing. Um, women in the mid-Victorian time period uh, collected their hair, went out of their hairbrush, and put it in a hair receiver. It was part of their vanity set. Uh, hair uh, string was expensive, and photography was new. Uh, the Civil War, of course, is the first war photograph. So um, people were more reliant on other means to remember their loved ones other than a photograph. Uh, and hair art was uh, one of those means. And hair was crafted into necklaces, into wreaths, into bouquets. And Oakland has all those things. But they're not artifacts from the Manny family. Um, they're period pieces that have been donated to the museum. Um, so if there are things like that within the collection of descendants, then that's certainly possible. But we do not have any artifacts of, um, that retain the DNA of the ancestor, of the founding families or the enslaved vocalists to our knowledge. We have another question here from a listener text in. Uh, they're asking about the area behind Oakland's mansion, the subdivision. They said that uh, that has just been totally redone. <coughs> brand new homes so the old homes were taken down to the ground and they were wondering as this ground was excavated uh, were there any uh, any unique items found of a historical nature in some of those old homes the quick answer is no unfortunately and that is because the grading of the land there was changed so drastically uh, in the 1950s when that neighborhood was first constructed. That's Oakland Court Public Housing Development. It's owned and operated by Murfreesboro Housing Authority. The city of Murfreesboro purchased Oakland's uh, property in the 1950s for the development of Oakland Court and Oakland's Park. Both of those entities are still there, but they've both been completely redeveloped. There was no intention to make a historic site of Oakland, so City Park was built in the front fields of the mansion with tennis courts, swimming pools, and picnic pavilions, and then 98 homes were built on the back of the property. And as I mentioned earlier, the grading of the ground was changed so drastically um, that we did not uh, find that there was any archaeological uh, research to be done in this reconstruction. But uh, 98 substandard units were demolished and 200 uh, are being replaced. Uh, the 200 are architecturally designed to look like uh, the neighborhood. They're uh, beautiful houses. They have underground utilities. They're um, unique. They're not all homogenous they're in their design. Um, and because of our housing crisis, there are twice as many. Instead of 98, there are 200. Um, in the 90s, the park in front of Oakland's was redeveloped by the city. The Corps of Engineers and Oakland's worked together to create the Tennessee Trail of Trees uh, and the walking trails that are there now to make that a, a better resource for uh, both our visiting public and our residents because those folks that are moving into Oakland Court, um, that's going to be you know their, their yard, their playground. Now, the, uh, one of the big things that everybody talks about is the old-time baseball games. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're fascinating, and they're uh -huh. right there at Oakland's Park. Mm -hmm. uh, will those be there again this year? Sort of. Unfortunately, sort of. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> we, have, we have one game. 
Oh, one game. We only have one game this year, and if you go to our website and you go to news and events, you can drop down, and we have a button there for the Tennessee Association of Vintage Baseball, and it has their schedule right there at all the historic sites that they uh, where they play throughout Tennessee, not just Oakland's. They are really trying to divide up their time and give um, some of their time to other sites, um, and we're always glad to have them at Oakland's whenever we can get them there. Well, like I said, we only have one game scheduled this year, and there will be well, it's two games on the same day. Now, will you have any live events? Because uh, you have an amphitheater uh, over uh, behind the picnic pavilions. Uh, you, you have a, a lot of uh, area to walk through and enjoy around yes. the uh-huh. spring area. Yeah, directly behind the picnic pavilion is my favorite thing on the grounds, which is the history oak. The history oak was bored a number of years ago to prove that it was at least 300 years old, so it could be included on the National Register of Historic Trees. But uh, arborists working for the city of Murfreesboro recently have told us that from their work on the tree that it appears it's closer to 500 years old. Whoa! And it has a fence built around it. It's a white oak. Let's um, say the fence around it to keep uh, folks a little bit of a distance from it, but uh, also make it easy to spot. Um, it's a be- big, beautiful thing, and uh, you should go and see it and admire it when you're on the grounds. We have most of the trees that are native to the state of Tennessee, but there are some in the east and west Tennessee extremities that don't don't do so well here. Um, so, one of the areas, one of the things that came through the Oaklands area was the Trail of Tears, which I guess is why you have the Trail of Trees. Uh, But the Trail of Tears went through there, went on out to Walter Hill, that general area. And I guess it was about a year or so ago, maybe two years or three, time flies when you're having fun, uh, the Black Cat Cave, which is now uh, being taken care of by the Murfreesboro Parks, which is right across from uh, from the, the VA. VA hospital, it was shown that uh, some of the people from the Trail of Tears were there in the Black Cat Cave. But even more fascinating, the um, visitors to the Black Cat Cave were there from the Ice Age, I believe it was, which would document the oldest uh, signs of humans uh, in this area, do you think? I mean, if, if you had it there, it probably also was at Oakland's. Probably yes. Uh, Oakland's is a his, is a prehistoric site as well as a historic site. Um, the uh, work done in the '90s to renovate Oakland's Park to remove the ball fields and the picnic pavilions and the tennis courts and swimming pools and remove and replace them. Um, Spot archaeology was done by the state of Tennessee archaeologists throughout the grounds, and a prehistoric post hole was found uh, near the spring to indicate there was something built there, constructed there by Native Americans. So certainly that water source uh, and the proximity to Black Cat Cave um, indicates that there was a strong Native American presence there. So we look forward to um, continued archaeology on the site to learn not only about the history of the plantation, but also the prehistoric history. Now, the wetlands area plays a significant part mm-hmm. in the history at Oakland's too, and that's part of the property. How much of that can you see if you're hiking around the area? 
The wet ones, the spring emerges from the ground just uh, east of the mansion. There's a set of steps uh, that goes down to the spring from the main house, and you can see it from the second-story windows of the mansion. And that's the location that was chosen for the development of the plantation because of that water resource. And that um, uh, area there around the spring and the history oak has served well for mm-hmm. um plays and events throughout the year. This year, um, the Merceboro Little Theater will be performing Much Ado About Nothing uh, in the side yard on the east side of the mansion, May 4th through 7th at 7 o'clock. And this is um, a pay what you can with a $10 to $15 suggested donation. You bring your own um, chairs, blankets, food, whatever you want, and uh, find those dates on our website and and take out some free shows from our Little Theater. That should be a lot of fun. And and that's one of the beauties of Oakland's Mansion and Oakland's Park is that it's so family-friendly, uh, especially that area around the Picnic Pavilion, the uh, amphitheater. It's just perfect. Uh, and, and so is the area where you walk around the spring. Yeah, it's, it's fun to see people figuring out different ways to use the park every day, whether they're flying kites or walking their dogs or lounging in hammocks around the grounds. Now, of course, Oakland's mansion uh, is, is, as you said, the park is open uh, every day. Uh, mm-hmm. So just From come over and dusk. enjoy it. So mm-hmm. uh, that's And then the picnic, I think people don't stop and think about the picnic pavilion at Oakland's. Yeah, the Immersboro Parks and Recreation Department has a lot of picnic pavilions that you can use for a very, very low cost uh, for your family functions. And the one at Oakland's has restrooms and a small playground. So it's great for birthday parties and all types of family functions. Tell you what let's do. Let's pause for just a moment. We will return and learn more about Oakland's mansion. Uh, We'll touch on some of the history of the mansion, some of the information about the Manny family. Uh, Some people have indicated that uh, there might even be a tunnel around there. In fact, we've had (laughs) some pretty well-known people who've said, I remember seeing it, but they just can't find it. We'll be right back. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekday mornings at 810. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas' Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. As the weather gets worse and we spend more time indoors, give your pets additional enrichment. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of toys and entertainment for pets of most kinds. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. On air, online, and on the phone. You can listen to us anywhere. News Radio WGNS is Rutherford County's place to talk. The Commissioner Corner with Commissioner Craig Harris. County governments are so often overlooked. 
The people spend the majority of their government time focused on federal government, only paying attention to what it is the president is up to lately or which laws the legislative branch is trying to push out now. County officials are very much deserving of your attention as well. After all, these people are the ones that are dealing with the problems that are so close to home. County government has a huge impact on some of the most valuable resources to counties, such as schools, law enforcement, solid waste, public safety, roads, taxes, employment, and overseeing the budget for all. The county government consists of elected officials such as county commissioners, county mayor, sheriff, county clerk, trustee, highway department, register deeds, circuit court clerk, assessor, and others as well as committees and boards. All county elections are partisan, which means that the party affiliation of each candidate are listed on the ballot. Each one of these offices must provide an annual budget that will go before the county commission budget committee to be recommended to the full commission and then approved. And then if there is a vote to increase taxes or not, it will go through that process. It is very complicated, but in some terms, does revenues pay for expenses? The county budget is very complicated, and it's hard for me to explain it to you in three minutes. But what I'm going to do is touch on some items and let you make the choice for yourself. Rutherford County is one of the fastest growing counties in the state of Tennessee. We had 325,000 citizens and are growing at a rate of seven people a day. Growth pressures local governments to provide additional public services and infrastructure that can't be meet adequately by local sales tax or property tax. It is a gross misconception that growth pays for itself. It gets very complicated, but I will try to simplify. The county receives revenues from various sources, but the main sources are property tax, local sales tax, and state revenue, which mainly goes to schools. Property tax is set by the county commission on appraised value of property. That value has been assessed by the elected office of the tax assessor. Sales tax, which is 9.75%, of that the county gets 2.75%. 50% of that tax goes to the schools, and the rest goes to the jurisdiction it was collected in. Our school system, which is in the top 10% of the state, is our biggest expense. The school accounts for over 75% of our entire budget, which is $778 million. High growth has a major impact on the school's budget. As of today, we have 50,996 students, 51 schools, 5,892 employees with 300 open positions. We're getting south of 2,000 new students every year. Our schools are at the full capacity right now, and we have 142 portables to help offset that growing problem. The budget is around $500 million a year. To address the overwhelming growth, schools proposed an $800 million ask for capital projects over the next five years. As for this commissioner, that figure, although warranted, is unattainable. The only way to build schools, we must borrow money. This county has a AAA rating by Moody, which means we're financial stable. And this rating affords us to borrow money at a low interest rate. But borrowing money this large threatens that rate. The rising cost and growth of our school is the major factor in raising taxes. You see it costs around $9,700 per student to attend school for one year. The state pays 65% of that, which leads the county to pay $3,400 per student. The average household in Rutherford County has 2.3 children, so now that cost is $6,800 per household. 
The average property tax for a 3,500 square foot house is around $1,700. Of that $1,700, you still have to pay for all the other services the county provides. You see that growth does not pay for itself. To offset this deficit, we had to consider raising taxes. In the five largest counties, which are Shelby, Davidson, Knox, Hamilton, and Rutherford County, we had the lowest property tax rate at 1.61%. Davidson is at 2.95%, and Hamilton, which is similar to our size, is 2.25%. We have not abused our property tax and still have a major growth and the top school and community. I've only covered a small portion of our government with just a short time. The main question, will we raise taxes? My answer is most likely, but I hope I'll explain why to a degree. I want you to know three important things. Growth does not pay for itself. Schools are a major expense, and not one commissioner ever wants to raise taxes. This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was County Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's ccotinc at comcast.net. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and online at WGNSRadio.com means that you can listen to us anywhere. AM, FM, FM, online. Our focus this morning is on Oakland's mansion. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. And Ashlyn Townsend is our birthday banana pudding winner. Come over at the Slick Pig. 10 years old. Wonder if they'll get uh, banana pudding ear to ear. <laughs> Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question or a comment this morning for James Manning. James is the executive director of Oakland's Mansion. If you haven't been there, put it on your calendar of a place to go, Oakland's Mansion. I understand that Oakland's was the one of the early... Uh, subdivisions, a new subdivision in Murfreesboro, so to speak. Uh, and I, sort of help us with that because it's uh, people move there because they mm-hmm. wanted to be closer to, 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 it was too far out in the country, so they built the subdivision or something like that? Yeah, the Darrow family are the people who bought the mansion from the original owners. The Darrows purchased it in the 1880s and they uh, entertained very heavily and had the only car in the town Um, so everyone else came out on horse and buggy and they wanted a home closer to town so the darrows uh, left oaklands in 1911 and 12 and built their house on east main street Um, the mannies had created the first subdivision in murfreesboro after the civil war Um, the mannies had made the majority of their wealth from their three cotton plantations in mississippi Um, they were buying and selling slave property in multiple states uh, and if you inflate the uh, value of the enslaved with an inflation calculator, they lost roughly $5 million worth of human property to emancipation, and that pretty much wiped them out financially. They didn't have liquid assets to um, keep going, so they were selling property to uh, an attempt to make ends meet. 
uh, and to keep the plantation house for as long as they could. And they created that subdivision in the 1870s along their front driveway. Their driveway, which is Manny Avenue, which is uh-huh, which became Manny Avenue from the end of the driveway out to Lytle, uh, which is the first stop sign when you leave Oakland's and the road shifts there at Lytle. And that was the end of the driveway historically. But the people who bought uh, homes in Manny's addition or lots to build houses got free access to the spring. Uh, for their water source, so they didn't have to worry about digging a well and it going dry. Now, you have a variety of different sizes of homes, some quite large and some uh, more modest. Uh, were, were those different styles of homes all part of that subdivision? Mostly, the I think the largest house is Big Holly, Gordon Sarah Bell's home, which was already standing. Um, it was uh, reconstructed and renovated into the Queen Anne style that it is now, but believe that the Mannies probably owned it prior to that. Um, and Adeline and her sister did live there for some time after she left Oakland's. The majority of the houses that were built on Manny Avenue were the new fashionable wing and gable style. Um, that was so popular uh, after the Civil War. Now, Oakland's mansion itself didn't start out as a mansion, did it? No, it was a one and a half story brick hall and parlor style house. It had two rooms downstairs and a loft upstairs, probably a sleeping loft for the children. Um, the Mannies built on to the house in the 1820s, uh, a more refined federal style addition, and that gave a new uh, front door that was um, into a front parlor and a bedroom above. In the 1830s, they took the roof off the original structure and elevated it to give it uh, two full floors instead of one and a half. And they added a rear wing with a family dining room and a kitchen. And they demolished their uh, earlier um, freestanding summer kitchen and replaced it with a larger one as the plantation was growing. And then the second generation of the Manny family uh, built the Italian addition onto the front of the house. And that nearly doubled the size of the structure. Now, as you take the tour, uh, it's pointed out in different places where these additions were made. And you can actually see some of the changes uh, where they where they actually have been made. It's pretty obvious the house was not designed for flow. Um, visitors to the house would typically only see the three parlors downstairs, the front parlor, the back parlor, and the dining room, and, and never anything else. Um, certainly nothing else downstairs. Uh, overnight guests may have gone upstairs, would have gone upstairs to the guest bedrooms. Um, but the oldest portion of the house became for uh, began to be used for the family and the enslaved after the fin- final addition was added. Um, and it was remained plain and simple in the back of the house. And so it's very easy as you make your way through the house to see the different decades of construction. There's been quite a bit of conversation about a tunnel that <laughs> went underground. Some say it went all the way downtown. Some say they remember playing in that tunnel when they were kids back in the 50s and possibly 60s. -hmm. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. nobody's found that tunnel since then. Uh, Do you think it really was there? I mean, there have been a a lot of people who remember seeing something. I've been told there was a cave opening near the spring. um, Which would make sense. There's certainly a lot of caves. And there's boulders on the surface there, but... I don't know of any opening or have we ever found any record of it. There's nothing in Oakland's Minutes books that indicate uh, a tunnel being enclosed. Um, The founding ladies that acquired the house from the city, those ten founding ladies, um, 
unfortunately had the brick floor removed from the winter kitchen underneath the back parlor and uh, made the basement, uh, made it into a basement, made it deeper for central heat and air units. The um, painted cut limestone walls and the rafters, which are also whitewashed, are still intact. There's a servant's bill down there. Um, I don't know if it was pre-emancipation uh, or post-emancipation that uh, someone was being called into the house with a servant's bell, but I think pretty clearly it was a pre-Civil War winter kitchen. Um, Jim Ridley told me that there was a tunnel opening that he saw when on the early founding days of Oakland, which would have been uh, roughly 1960, and he says it was in the um, closet, which is not original, uh, underneath the back staircase, and Oddly, the floor in that room was removed sometime in the past, and it's just plywood now. Uh, and we've lifted the plywood, and we've scratched around on the surface underneath there and don't see any evidence of a tunnel entrance. But uh, People still keep maybe that Maybe that GPR will find it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's look at some other events that are coming to Oakland's that we need to be aware of because there's some really big events coming up. Yes, we have some really fun things coming up. And um, our free day is scheduled for May 7th. Um, and that's a wonderful opportunity for people with big families uh, and people that uh, want to come in and see the house quickly and maybe come back for a tour later on and then also meet some of our partner organizations. We're going to have the African American Heritage Society, the Center for Chinese Music and Culture, the Mercerboro Little Theater. Marsboro Muslim Youth, and the Rutherford County Archives, Marsboro Parks and Recreation will be at the Garden, um, and so there's going to be lots of fun stuff to do on the grounds uh, that day. The Tennessee Valley Winds are performing a free concert on the grounds on Sunday, May 21st at 5 o'clock. Um, as more details emerge, you can find that on both their website and ours, and they will have a food truck there. Um, and also uh, something very exciting is the wedding dresses uh, is coming back. The uh, wedding dress exhibit was at Oakland's for nine years, and um, now it will be returning at the Woman's Club. Um, the Woman's Club uh, and Oakland's and the final Italian edition of Oakland's were both attributed to the same architect, Richard Sanders. And the Women's Club has a very large banquet room downstairs, which has just been renovated. And that will provide a perfect space for the wedding dress exhibit to return. Um, the Women's Club is borrowing, uh, will be borrowing gowns from community members just like Oakland's has in the past. And they're also borrowing from Oakland. So our oldest dresses uh, that are part of the permanent Oakland's collection will also be included. And then there will be additional oh, uh, right. new ones from the community. So um, be sure and put that on your calendar. Um, the dates are all on their website, and it's in June. It runs from June 2nd through 18th. It's not open every day, but the dates and the times and the admission is all right there on their website. So that'll give a, another opportunity for people to see one of the other beautiful homes in the community. Yeah, that's a common question I get from our visiting tourists, especially. They want to say they want to know what other historic mansions they can visit in Murfreesboro, and I tell them none. <laughs> um, in Rutherford County, you can go to the Sam Davis home uh, and visit it and get a true sense of what a plantation um, feel would have been 
Uh, Oakland's does not have any of the dependencies of the outbuildings. The grounds don't look like a plantation anymore, but you can get that uh, effect at the Sam Davis home. The candlelight tour of homes that Oakland's offers in December uh, provides you the opportunity to visit other historic houses in Murfreesboro, and that's one of the reasons that that event is so popular. Uh, but the Women's Club is not open for tours uh, to the general public, so uh, if you want to see it, take this opportunity. It's one of your rare opportunities to get to go inside that house. And that's in June? That's in June, yes. Here's a question. Uh, this person's saying, I just can't picture how big the plantation must have been. We know where the house <coughs> is now. How far out away from the house did the plantation go, and what was their main source of income? The main source of income was the slave trade um, and the cotton plantations uh, that they owned three of in Mississippi, the largest of which was called Trio in Isaquina County. And they were buying and selling human property in multiple states. Uh, and that's where most of the wealth came from. There's very little evidence of Dr. Manny's medical practice. Um, he did well financially by marrying Sally, um, the daughter of the man that Murfreesboro is named for. Uh, and then their son, Lewis, had no profession. He helped manage the family affairs, but he, like his father before him, uh, did well in marrying the governor's daughter, uh, Governor Newton. So he just knew who to marry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the original name of this town was Cannonsburg before it was changed to Murfreesboro. So both of those men married um, namesakes of this city. Um, and, and Newton Cannon was a, a governor, wasn't he? He was the first Whig governor of the state of Tennessee, and uh, we have a beautiful uh, portrait of he and his wife, um, the first lady, Rachel Starnes, well-born Cannon, in the library at Oaklands. Um, and those paintings, along with all of the ones in the mansion, can be seen on the Colonial Dames website, their uh, Tennessee Portraiture Project. So if you're interested in the early portraiture of Tennessee, uh, take that opportunity to use that resource. Here's another question. This person's asking about some of the topiary at uh, Oakland's, uh, at the at the Oakland's Park and, and the area <coughs> around there. Um, the Corps of Engineers um, hired Ashworth Environmental, Carol Ashworth, as the uh, lead landscape architect on the redevelopment of Oakland's Park in the 90s. Uh, and there are, a, there are a number of sculptures around the grounds that serve as topiaries that uh, different native vines and plants use to grow on. There's a, a guy that's plowing with a horse that's in the garden. Um, and then there's a couple that stand beside the mansion that have vines that grow up there. Um, clothing and then there's uh, a soldier down by the spring uh, and a tent um, but the plants and the trees and the shrubs of Tennessee are um, some of people's favorite things about the grounds um, some of our guests tell us they can't decide which they like more the mansion itself or the or the grounds here's a this one brings back some memories this comment this person saying that uh, they remember seeing some hedges cut into different shapes, very popular in the 50s and 60s. And they said that the Murfreesboro water treatment plant, when it was located on Broad across from Jackson Chevrolet, uh, had rabbits and different animals <laughs> of the big, on big shrubs right there on the riverside. <laughs> so uh, that would be interesting to, to yeah. look at some <laughs> of those. But come to think about it, and I guess it was Disney World that had so many... Uh, shrubs that were trimmed to look like animals and <laughs> mickey mouse and what have you 
we just have a hard time keeping the boxwoods trimmed into nice little balls. So um, we're a little bit away from getting them trimmed into animals, but that would be fun. (laughs) The kids and the adults would all love that. Well, now, for people who are wanting to have a a major event, Mm -hmm. weddings, something of that, do you do weddings at Oakland's? We do. Um, Different types of family events. Weddings and receptions are the majority of the private events that are held at Oakland's, but there are birthday parties and there are just every type of event that you can imagine. Um, In 2000, um, 1999-2000, the Christie Houston Foundation gave Oakland's a grant to build the visitor center and it has a beautiful reception hall and catering kitchen and restrooms that we use for uh, our events, our summer party, our Christmas dinners, and many other things like that. And it's a perfect event for your family functions. Um, and then we also have a little guest house on the property that was built in the 1960s to be a caretaker's cottage, uh, but it's no longer a residence. It's used for bridal changing, for birthday parties, and all types of little events. Now, is there a doctor's office there uh, on the? I guess that would have been Doctor Manny's office, but as you mentioned, yes, um, there's may have been a medical office on the grounds. We don't have an inventory of the outbuildings that were demolished. Um, ah, so, okay. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I know okay. there's a cough button, but I couldn't find it when I needed it. Don't worry about it. Excuse me. The Lytle building is what most people uh, recognize as, quote, the doctor's office. The Lytle building was constructed um, uh, where the Haynes Brother Lumber Company is now. It was the plantation office for the Lytle uh, plantation. It was moved to Oakland's in the late 70s by the Oakland's Men's Committee um, and reconstructed to represent what a doctor's office might have looked like. Um, Dr. Talbert uh, worked with the men's committee and donated and loaned a number of pieces of medical equipment. Through the years, the uh, medical collection uh, shrank and was moved inside the mansion. So we have one of the two rooms of the original structure that depicts a very basic uh, Civil War era or pre-Civil War um, medical office. Dr. Manny was retired by that time. He had already given the plantation management over to his son and daughter-in-law, and there's very little surviving record of his medical practice. Um, He was um, making money by many different means, but it was mostly plantation management, not the medical practice. As you read about some of the slaves in other communities, they take on the names of the person who owns the, the property. Uh, they usually look at them quite highly. Uh, did that happen here? Are there a lot of Mannies in Murfreesboro? We don't know of any Mannies in Murfreesboro. Um, if you uh, if you do, if you have Manny ancestry, um, it, whether your last name is Manny or Murphy or not, or if you have ancestors that are, we would love to know more about that. Um, if we could, uh, as we continue to build the untold story of the Manny family slaves, it was created by Audrey Creel. Um, but there are um, a few descendants in the area. Edie Manny is the only Manny that we know of that retains the last name in Middle Tennessee, and she's a descendant that lives in Nashville. And so she's but the, the only one that you've been able to find. Yes. Um, and But to answer your question uh, earlier, the 
last name of the enslaved was often uh, the enslaved often took the last name of their owners and one of the formerly enslaved men that was interviewed by the works progress administration said that the federal government was in a hurry for us to choose a last name and manny seemed like the obvious choice um, we found that they also used a lot of the first names uh, like lewis um, and other uh, manny family names and that does seem surprising but um, and many of the individuals changed the spelling of Manny, um, but certainly you would uh, need to choose a last name and the one that um, you had been given during the uh, time of slavery may have been the, the primary and the most obvious choice, but then often other families uh, chose to change the name. Let's take a phone call. Good morning, you're on WGNS. Yes, you all were speaking of the Manny's is Miss Edie Nanny still living? She yes. Live on Hyla. Edie is in Nashville now. Yeah, she and her sister, her sister Betty, passed away uh, in 1999 and and left her home to Oakland's as an endowment. Uh, Edie still visits Oakland's frequently, and um, she's at most of our large fundraising events. So, um, and she loves to meet people when she's there. So that was a uh, Edie Nanny. She was named after her mother. Her mother's name was Evie. So that's us, uh, Cannon Manny's daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, my aunt worked for them. Really? Back in the day, Miss Augusta Manny was married to James Manny. Yes, that's right. And they had a home, and Miss Augusta's home was at 414 East College Street. Now, have you talked to some of the folks? At Oakland, since you have some connections there that they might no, be able to... No, no, I have not. And you said it was... My name is Barbara Fishback. My mother, I mean, my aunt worked for, for the man. Oh, okay. Wonderful. And he, uh, uh, he, it was, uh, she had... Augusta was married to James Manny. Mm-hmm. And she had a son named Cameron, mm-hmm. which is that's Edie and Betty's father mm-hmm. and he has a son named James Manning. He was an insurance agent and he lived on Cherry Lane with married to a lady named Marilyn. Well I would love and, to talk with you more. Would um, could you take down my phone number? Yes. It's six one five eight nine three. Six one five Eight nine three zero zero two two zero zero two two. I'd love to See, talk I with used, you more. I used, and I used to beg to say Edith and Betty. Oh, oh wow! Well, the stories you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> you have some first-hand And she also had a son named Jack, uh-huh. and he lived in I think it was in California. Well, I well bet get in touch uh, we, if, if you would. Yeah, I would love to talk with you, and I bet some of the Manny descendants would too. But so do, do do the do Edie ever come to the mansion? Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. She's there. Um, I'd say the next time she'll be there probably will be our summer party um, coming up in July fifteenth. Okay, I would like to see them. Well, call me, and I will make it a. I'll be sure to get you in touch one way or the other. I sure will. Thank you for reaching out to me. Uh-huh. You have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you.
the people are here and they have great <laughs> memories of I have of, memories and stories to tell and before those memories are lost yes oh, that's so important hopefully this lady will uh, let us do a oral history and uh, recording her stories now before we leave we've got about a minute and a half left uh want to remind anyone else because you heard that story you may have a story and if you have a story or if you have some old uh letters or something that ties to oakland's can they get in touch with you oh please do reach out to me um our email address is info at oaklandsmansion.org and our phone number is 615-893-0022 you can reach me directly at jwm at oaklandsmansion.org very good uh, and by the way we will put this information uh, on our podcast site this program will be in a podcast format and you'll find the information uh, right there written so if you're driving to work or driving somewhere don't worry about getting it down it'll be there for you when you go back and check it out I want to say a special thank you to james manning uh, for joining us today it's always a pleasure bart thanks for having me you have a super rest of the next big event at oakland's when is that because we want to be sure and uh, get everybody over there well let me make sure i'm telling you the right thing um the free day the Murfreesboro little theaters performances will be our next uh, major public event on the grounds the much ado about nothing so be sure and put that on your calendars and come and see us all righty thank you again uh and then for more information if you want to be a member of oakland's uh they would welcome you we'd love to have anyone as a member and you can join on our website and if you have any questions just give me a call very good thanks again james manning visiting with us this morning from oakland's mansion stay with us much more to come right here on your good neighbor station